Well, good morning. Before we get started on our message this morning, I just want to say a big thank you to all of our volunteers who came out Friday night. We had, a, we had around 30 children here Friday night at our parents' night out, and without our volunteers, we could not have done it. When you, ha- when you get 30 kids in one place, and uh, this parents' night out, we had a lot of children that were under seven years old, and I tell you, we, we, we normally... The other two that we've done since we've launched, and for those of you who may be your first time here, we launched in September, so we're a brand new church. We're still young. We're still uh, getting everything together, figuring everything out, and one of the things that we like to do is we like to be hands and feet to our neighbors and to our community, and so we do a Parents' Night Out along with Little Scholars Academy. This is Little Scholars Academy, Mom Event Center. They uh, supply the building. And we supply all of volunteer work, and then we run the whole thing ourselves. And it's just a lot of fun. At this time, uh, those of you who weren't able to make it, it was, you know, you sit there and you go, well, what, what is this for? What is this for? Well, number one, remember, it is to touch people's lives. There are parents out there, and they're just, they're just trying to make it by. We do it for $10 a child. Maybe eventually we'll do it for $5 a child. Probably a lot more workers because I think everybody will bring their kids in. But $10 a child, and I have four, so I know what it's like to, to uh, have to spend money on children to have a night out. And so we just try to do something that's really inexpensive and cheap and, and a lot of fun. It's four hours long for the kids, and they had a blast. And so I just want to say to all of our volunteers, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know who you are. I won't call everybody's name out. I might forget somebody. And we actually had... Uh, one or two people from uh, another church that came and participated and helped us out with that. And so it's, it's just really great. I just didn't want to go any further without uh, saying thank you. If you're hot, uh, we can tr- uh, turn the air conditioners down a little bit. I'm hot up here, but I'm up high. So if you're fine, that's fine. Do you need the air conditioners turned down? All right. Just, if you go, go over and just push the button down until they turn on. These air conditioners can be a little finicky at times. Hey, we're, we're talking about power for life, and for those of you who haven't been through this whole series with us, I have spent the last four weeks really setting us up and helping us understand who the Holy Spirit is. Um, you know, a lot of times we have a misconception of who the Holy Spirit is and what he wants in our lives and what he is there for. The number one thing that the Holy Spirit is here for today is to give us power to be witnesses so the Holy Spirit is here to point people to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's not here so that, that we can uh, be a magician or that we can have all these special uh, gifts or these special, uh, uh, some special anointing for ourselves. It's here so that Jesus will be exalted and glorified, that his name will be exalted and glorified, and people will come to him. The first thing, the first thing that we as a church say in our mission statement It is to lead people to a limitless life in Jesus. And if we don't do that, if we're not leading people to Jesus, then we're nothing. We could be a church of 5,000. We could be a church of five. If we're not leading people to Jesus, then we're not being effective. We're no good. The Bible says we're going to get to heaven. There are going to be people that say, Lord, I did all these things in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me, you who work iniquity, you who are lawless. I never knew you. Because that's not, we're not here for ourselves. We're here to point, to, to point people to Jesus, to help people turn to Jesus. And I think it was Connie was t- talking about this book with the, a, a pastor who gave up everything 
and went overseas, not knowing how he was going to do it, but the Lord opened the doors, and many, many people were saved, and many people were brought to, the, to Christ because of his, of his sacrifice. And I'm not saying that the Lord is going to ask us to sacrifice like that, but what I am saying is that we need to be focused on winning people to Christ. That's the number one thing. And so starting Unlimited Church, that was our number one focus. Our number one focus in Acts 1.8, that's what he says. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. And like I said, I like to say effective witnesses. You'll be my effective witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And as I've, as I've said over the last few weeks, there's a difference between uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit and being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus filled them with the Holy Spirit, filled the disciples with the Holy Spirit by breathing on them. Now he's talking to them again, and he's saying that when you receive this power, you're going to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. This was the promise of the Father or the baptism of the Holy Spirit as it is referred to. So th the other thing that we talked about is it's not just for the early church. A lot of times we, we think that these things in the Bible, well, that was for then, that's not for now. But we have a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power is great, it's mighty. We sing these songs, we should believe what we sing. And if we believe what we sing, we understand that the gospel, the full gospel is for us. It's not just for one person or the other. Like I said last week, it's not just for a pastor, it's not for some evangelist, it's not for somebody else that's more spiritual, because we're all falling. The Bible says that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. So we want to be effective witnesses. And the best way to be an effective witness, I'm not saying that you can't witness for somebody and not be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but the best way to be an effective witness is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Luke 11:13 says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know, I, I know this sounds real simple. You go, well, but how, how, how do I receive this? How, how, how do I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I mean, it's easy. You just ask for it. You just have to ask the Lord for it. I prayed with so many people that, that have wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the one thing that I've seen that is the biggest hindrance for each person is themselves. You know, we are our wor own worst enemy. We get in our way so much of the time. And we're always looking at somebody else and we're like, well, if they would get out of my way, right? And we, so much of the time we get in our own way. I'm a, big, I'm a big NASCAR fan. And the race was on last night. And one of the guys wrecked. But it was his own fault because he got in his own way. Because instead of slowing down and going, wait a minute, before I make this move, what else is going on around me? He decided, I can do it myself. I'll do it myself. I'll make this happen. And so he wrecked, and then he finished, you know, way down in the charts on the standings there. He got in his own way because he was, he thought that I can do it myself. I've got this thing figured out. I can do it. I can push, push the envelope here on my own. You may ask, though, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, how can a person get in the way of God? If we say God is big, he's huge, he's almighty, how can a person get in the way of God? Now, there are many ways that we can get in the way of God. One of the ways, when we, especially when we're talking about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, one of the ways, Acts 8, 17 through 23, look at this. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon 
these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay hands on people, they will, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You can have no part in this, for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts, for I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive to sin. The wrong reason will keep you from receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This guy right here had the wrong reason in mind. And so many people have the wrong reason. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not there. Like I said earlier, it's not there for anything other than to make you an effective witness for others. To lead people to Christ. Peter and this man, he said that this man had bitterness and jealousy inside of him. When we come to the Lord and we, we pray and we want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we come with things inside of us, we've got to get those things out. We've got to get out of our own way. We've got to pull those things aside. The promise of the Father is free like salvation, but it also means that we have to surrender. When we talk about salvation, what's the thing that we have to do? We have to surrender. We have to surrender. And it's the same way when we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. This guy, he wanted to prove how good he was. And you may have been around some of those spiritual people who wanted to prove how great they are and how good they are. We talked about this last week, how a, a person give a message in tongues, a person give an interpretation in tongues, and at the end of the service they're going around beating their chest going, hey, look at me, look what's happened to me, look how good I was, look what God did in me. It's not about us. It has nothing to do with us. The question is, would, that, would you do that same thing if nobody saw you? If you were in the woods somewhere away from everybody, would you still allow the Holy Spirit to touch and move on your life just like if you were in a room with 50, 75, or 7,500 people? Would you do the same thing? Another reason that people have an issue or, or, or struggle with receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is because they're scared. They're scared of what's going to happen to them if they, rescind, if they surrender and receive the baptism and the Holy Spirit. So what makes them scared? There's one big thing that makes us scared. And I know because I'm one of those people. I have a lot of issues because it's pride. It's pride because we get to thinking, what's somebody going to think about me? If I act a different way, what's somebody going to think about me? If I think this way, what is somebody going to think about me? If I surrender to the Holy Spirit so that he can do the things that he needs to do in my life, and I can't go out and be with my friends and do the things that I want to do because I've surrendered so much to him that he will fill me with his power to be an effective witness. What are my friends going to think about me? What's my husband, my wife, my kids? I mean, you just go down, the, go down the line and think about the different things that could happen. And the thing is, the point is, it is so true because I, I was prayed with a, a person to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then they went home, and, and they were an exchange student to the United States, and they had never heard of, of, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They never heard. They had only been saved for three months, and I just prayed for them, and they received it because they, they wanted to get closer to the Lord. And when they went home, their, their exchange 
their exchange student parent, whatever they call those people, they, that person cussed them out. Here is a young man who's 16, 17 years old who's just wanting to live for the Lord. And this exchange student parent went to church, went to the church that they went to church, but cussed them out because they were mad at him about something. And, and he called me and he's like, he was crying. I was like, don't worry about it. Just pray. The devil is just attacking you because you have surrendered so much to the Lord. And an hour later, he tells me the next day, an hour later, that, that parent came in and apologized and said, that was wrong. I'm sorry for doing that. I'm sorry for doing that. The Holy Spirit is so powerful, but when we, when we get in to a point that we surrender so much like that to him, the devil wants to come in and just mess everything up. He wants to mess it up. And we don't need to allow ourselves to get in the way because the, the devil's got enough stuff he could bring against us. Don't, don't let us step in the way. Don't let our pride get in the way of what God wants to do in our lives. So instead of that pride, instead of questioning, what is people going to say about me? Is somebody going to get angry at me like this exchange student? Instead of saying that, instead the question should be, how full can I get? How full can I get with the Holy Spirit that I can be a witness to my, to my friend and to my family and to everyone around me? How full can I really get? See, when we start to put the pride behind us and we start to look forward to that prize, the high calling which is in Christ Jesus, and we say, God, one day when I get to heaven, I want to be able to look behind me and look at the trail of the gospel that I left. I want to look at the people that I led to Christ. I want to look at the people that I planted a seed in or that I watered that seed in, and I want to see that they came to you or that somebody else was able to stand there because I planted that seed and somebody came and watered it, and God, you gave the increase, and that person came to salvation. That person came to salvation. I know that what I'm preaching to you and what I'm saying to you might not be the coolest gospel to hear right now because we live in America, and it's great to think about ourselves. It's great to say, hey, I got this money. I can go do this. I can go do that. I do whatever I want to do. I can go to church when I want to. I can go home when I want to. I don't have to worry about anything else. I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to have a lot of money. I'm going to do this and that and the other because I live in America because, because I give something here or there. Instead, we should be looking and going, but man, how full can I get, God? And what, does it gonna, what is it going to take for me to get that full? What's it going to take for me to get so on fire for you that I want to go out and see people saved no matter what the cost? No matter what the cost. Jesus said, if any man come after me, he would take up his cross and follow me. He said that before he went to the cross. He said that before he went to the cross. What do you think the disciples thought after they saw that? take up your cross, and now they see him take up his cross and go to die. The disciples at first got really scared. They got really scared. And then Jesus came back and they believed and he filled them with the Holy Spirit. And then he said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the promise of the Father. See Acts 1, 4 through 5. Here's what it tells us. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now notice something. They were not told what was fixing to happen. 
other than they were going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They weren't told what was going to happen. They just knew they were supposed to listen to Jesus. We believe Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He died. He was resurrected after three days in the grave. He's alive, and he's ascended to the Father. We know all that, so now we're going to do exactly what he said. We're going to go, and we're going to listen, and we're going to pray, and, and, and we're going to seek out God to see what he has for us. He has for us. So there had to be a sign, right? There had to be a sign that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, because how would they know otherwise? How would they know otherwise? Acts 2.4. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When you speak in tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance, the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. This is a visible, outward, physical evidence that we see in the Word that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. These guys never heard anybody speak in tongues. They never heard anything like this. But the Holy Spirit came down and baptized them and they spoke in tongues. And we see this in other areas in Scripture, when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, this is the one thing that we see consistently. The evidence is the, uh, the uh, physical outward evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. If you uh, remember when we started this series, I told you a story about two young people that I, I, that I knew. And they had never been taught about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They never heard anybody speak in tongues. They never heard any of this stuff. They barely had read Acts. And they were so on fire for God. And I said, hey, would you like everything God has for you? Would you like everything God has for you? I have nothing for you. I'm just a person. But would you like everything God has for you? And they're like, yes. So one of the young people, I actually just told a little bit of this story a minute ago, but one of the young people was from Brazil. He was he was, he'd been here for three months, had been saved, or he'd been a little, little bit longer, but he had been saved for three months, but he was so on fire. And another was a young lady, and she was so on fire, I saw around church, and, and the church that I was uh, a part of at the time, and that I was ministering in at the time, uh, as a, uh, you know, just doing whatever they needed me to do before I went off to college, they didn't teach on this stuff. But I said, would y'all like to learn more? And they was like, they're like, Sure. Sure. So I said, okay, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you, let's, let's meet up at my house, and then I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says. I didn't say anything else. I just, I just want to tell you what the Bible says. And so they came over, and we began to talk, and then I opened the scriptures up, and we began to study the scriptures together, and I started pointing out uh, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Everything that I've been talking this morning to you, I was teaching them. And the same things that we've been talking about the last few weeks, I went into some of that with them. And they began to, 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 to learn, and they, they was like, wow, yeah, okay, this, this is something totally different. This I've never heard this before. But they wanted everything that God had for them. So I said, well, I, I just want to pray with you to receive. Well, how do we receive? You just ask. You just ask the Holy Spirit to come. You just ask God to fill you, send the Holy Spirit into you. not the kind of church that we were a part of. 
But I said, I'm just going to touch you on the forehead just like this. Okay? I'm just going to touch you like this, pray for you, and I'm just going to pray with you and for you that the Holy Spirit will come and he'll baptize you in the Holy Spirit. How we know? It's like if you're going to speak in tongues, then the Holy Spirit comes on you. And I began to pray for the young lady first. I began to pray for the young lady first. I didn't speak in tongues. I didn't, I didn't coax them. I didn't tell them anything, you know. And I'll tell you, if you've ever heard people that do these kind of things, we, you, the Holy Spirit is real. We are the ones who mess everything up. He can do his own thing. We don't have to do it for him. We don't have to teach anybody anything. When the Holy Spirit comes on someone, it'll happen. And I began to pray for her. And she began, she began, tears began to come down her face. She began to cry and her hands were shaking. She raised her hands up. Her hands were shaking. And she began to speak in tongues. Never heard anybody speak in tongues before. And every time I get around people, I go, I don't know. Because I have relatives. I have a lot of relatives who, who, who would say, no, 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 that's not for today. That's not for today. And I'm going, no, I have prayed with people. I've seen it happen. They've never heard anybody speak in tongues. They've never heard anybody teach on it before. And they have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Well, then I turned to, to, to the guy. His name was Frederico. still remember Frederico. He's an awesome guy. He's about 190 pounds, six foot, really well built. And, I said, and, and he just started to whimper. I mean, he was, he was scared. I mean, this was a, this, he didn't know what I just did. And I just looked at him. I said, Frederico, did I do anything? No. No, I said, did I push her? Did I do anything? No. I said, what did I do? He said, I, I didn't see you do anything. I said, okay. Is she hurting? No. Is she fine? Yeah. I said, do you want more of God? Do you want everything God has for you? He said, Yes, I do. I really do. So I pray for him the same way I pray for him. And within just a minute or so, he began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that went on for about an hour and a half. And I just continued to pray uh, around them as, as the Holy Spirit was praying through them. And then I went to, uh, uh, took him home. And like I told you a minute ago, that happened. But what was so amazing is he called me up the next day and he says, can you pray for me again? And I can, this will happen to me again? And I was like, Frederico, I said, it ain't me. I said, I'll pray with you, but I can't tell you what's going to happen. I said, that's up to the Holy Spirit. I'm just a person. But he did come over and we had a prayer meeting and the Holy Spirit just touched him again and just filled him all the way full again. I tell people when they get, when they say, well, I don't know, you know what are people going to think? It's scary. It's this or that and the other. Because some of you that are hearing this, this is the first time you've heard this kind of thing. It's, it's fine. I tell people all the time, you know, you can get saved and you go to heaven. That's great. And I'm proud of you. You can get saved and you can lead people to Christ. And I'm proud of you. But let me, you know, I don't eat the icing on the cake very often unless you make me a yellow cake with chocolate icing. I love yellow cake with milk chocolate icing. And I say, you know, Salvation for me is that yellow cake. It's great. I can eat it by itself. That's how good it is. But if you want to make it perfect, put the chocolate icing on top of it. It just completes it. The Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our life completes who we are in Christ. It gives us a power to be effective witnesses. And that's what we're talking about, powerful life. It gives us a power to be effective witnesses. And there's so much the Holy Spirit is. And that's why before I ever talked about this, I wanted to spend a few weeks talking about 
who the Holy Spirit was, what he does, because I didn't want us to all get in this mode, because listen, I grew up, I grew up, the church I grew up in, you know, we believe in this, but so much of the time the focus is, is on speaking in tongues, and the Holy Spirit is much, much more than that. He's much more than that. He's much more than speaking in tongues. That's good. That's your prayer language. That's your, that's your ability to pray to God. That, the Bible says when we don't know what to pray about, that he prays in, in groanings inside of us and in, in sounds inside of you. So he prays through us in his way. But that's not all the Holy Spirit is, and that's why I wanted to spend the first few weeks talking about that before we got into this. But this is so exciting. I've seen so many people. I've seen, I've seen uh, people that have went to churches that are Pentecostal, that, that believe in the, when I say Pentecostal, okay, what I'm talking about is people who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit today, believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. I'm not talking about, you know, long hair, long, you know, dresses and all that kind of stuff, okay? I'm talking about, when I talk about Pentecostal, I'm talking about what happened in Acts chapter 2, Okay? And I have, I have seen men where they, they have went through life faking it, faking it, because everybody was like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this. And so they faked it. And I said, you don't have to fake it. Well, I never could get it. I've never, spoke, I've never truly spoken tongues. I just had to act like it, I guess, you know. Like, but you don't have to do that. You just have to surrender it all to God and let him come down and let him touch you. That's all you got to do. It's not something that you have to make up to prove to somebody that you're more spiritual. It's something that you should want. The word says desire earnestly the best gifts. We should want everything that God has for us. Everything that God has for us. So that we can be effective witnesses for Christ. Desire the best gifts. It's the Holy Spirit. He completes us. That's what we need. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And it may, be a, may have been a long time. And you're like, you know, I just don't know that I'm at that same point that I used to be. You can receive again and again and again. He is a good father, and he brings to those who ask him. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants to fill you up to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Now, I have talked about a few examples, but I want you to watch this video and just pay attention to these people. And listen to their stories because there are, multi there, there, are, there are a multitude of stories here in this in this short video. But would you listen to that? Eric, why don't you go ahead and roll that video for us? And turn it up too, please. I grew up in a Pentecostal church, which means that uh, we believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts is for today just as it was back in the book of Acts. So my name is Nai. Um, I grew up in a religion called shamanism. Um, what that is is like the sacrificial of animals uh, for ancestry and like rituals. For example, like when I was sick, um, my grandpa would do these rituals and sacrifice pig or chickens um, to take away my sickness. And it, it would work. Um, during the summer, I would go visit my grandma when I was six. She was Christian. So, so she started um, inputting Jesus into my life, taking me to church, and I'd come back home uh, for the rest of the year, and it would be that shamanism. So um, growing up, it was always um, back and forth with Christianity and shamanism um, until I turned to 13, and um, I went to a Christian camp. And ever since then, I always knew Jesus, and I accepted 
I grew up in a Christian home, uh, except the Christian that I grew up with, it was a place of, like, we went Sunday to Sunday, and the first thing you were in church, and the first thing you were out of church, so as soon as you got out of church, you were doing the same thing you were doing, you know, the night before, or even, like, two days before. If I could fake it, like, I really didn't want I started doing research and um, I found out that it's actually a really good thing because it's powerful and um, I haven't wanted it. <laughs> I grew up seeing people baptized in the Holy Spirit, people falling out in service and people crying. And so all that stuff is normal to me and my parents for me, it was always something I wanted, um, but never saw it in my life. And it was something that really frustrated me for a long time, um, and it caused a lot of bitterness in my own heart. Um, I eventually got to a point where I just kind of stopped asking. My perception of it was, basically, it was those group of Christians, specifically those older group of Christians who have been spiritually fed, who were like spiritually high in the faith, and they got everything right, and they don't sin, and... They come to church every Sunday, and they do A, B, C, D, E so perfectly, and just God blesses them with this weird language that I think they're faking in the background, because it doesn't make sense, and on top of that, she keeps yelling and screaming, and then her, I'll never forget this lady's wig fell off, but anyway, um, <laughs> I knew how my mom sounded when she prayed in tongues, so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to say that. And I remember reading a scripture, um, it said, ask me shall receive. So I went on my knees, and I was like, God, like, I actually want this spiritual gift, and if you would allow me, and if you're willing, I'd like to have it. <laughs> Literally. I'll never forget the first time I did, it was like, a few syllables rolled out my tongue, and I was like, I'm scared. I don't go back to it at all. Like, <laughs> it, was it was too weird for me. I opened my mouth to, it was, this was during worship, so I opened my mouth to pray in tongues, and everything that came out of my mouth was completely different than how my mom prayed, how my dad prayed, how anybody else prayed in tongues. And that was confirmation for me that it was genuine, that it was authentic, because if it was in my own mind, I would have started sounding like my mom or my dad. And so a few weeks later, um, we actually went to fall retreat, and um, there, uh, they had an altar call, and the Holy Spirit was really just pressing upon me. I didn't know the Holy Spirit at the time, and then my tongue started going. And I was just like, I want more, God, I want more. After I got like a little taste of it, like a little taste and see, I tasted and see, it was good, I wanted more. And I remember uh, hearing a voice say, you received. So I was like, cool. And I started thanking him, and then out came the Holy Tongue. I started weeping like crazy. Um, at that moment, I was just like, all of heaven was on my shoulders and I felt so like tiny like like I was nothing and like here I was before this being like this holy being who loved me so much and yet I felt so unworthy but he was like you're so worthy I've 
develop more confidence in being able to hear the voice of God and to know his will. And it took this pressure off of me that I had to, you know, pray the perfect prayer, that I had to say the, say the perfect thing. I remember on the days of my worst days, um, coming home from school, having a bad deal on my test, or um, even arguing with someone. I remember if I spoke in tongues, I would have so much peace in me that I was so amazed and, like, so joyful that nothing, like, seemed to bother me. Acts 1-8 talks about, um, Jesus telling the believers, saying, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. And that's really what baptism of the Holy Spirit does. And it's empowering us to be witnesses, to walk out a normal Christian life, which is to see signs and wonders and, and to know and have an intimate relationship with God. And so that, I think, has been the biggest change in my life, is having the confidence and the vision to know what God has called me to. I just, I just wanted, wanted to see that, that those are college students, and as you heard, different ones had grew up, grown up with different experiences. So it's, it's for everybody. It doesn't matter if you've been in church, you've been out of church, grew up in a different religion. When God comes in and changes your life, the Holy Spirit comes on you. He does the change. I want to ask uh, if R.C. and Connie will come on up um, to either side of me. And, and what, we, what I want to do now is normally we have prayer during our worship time and we have our prayer team that comes up and, and uh, will be here to pray for you. But I just wanted to wait to the end. And the three of us will be down here and uh, we'll just uh, Nina's going to play, play something up there. And, and while you do that, if you'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you would like to, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you'd like to be saved or you just have another need to be prayed for, then just go ahead and and just come up here, and we're going to pray with you today, okay?
everybody, we're in a uh, building that's not ours, but this is what I want to see us do. I want to just get us closer and closer to the Lord, not closer to ourselves, not closer to a building, but closer to the Lord. And like I told you Wednesday night, we've just got amazing people in this church. I mean, I've just never been a part of a church that had just a core group of amazing people like this church has got, because we're all so focused on people being led to the Lord. And if it's just us here, man, but we know everybody. Like I said, we may have a slower growth in some churches because we're going to grow the church based on what is happening in us. And the closer we get to the Lord, the more people are going to get saved. The more people are going to get saved, the more this church is going to grow. Why? Because people are getting saved. That's what it's all about, because people are getting saved. And so I'm just, I just want us to be prepared every Sunday when we come in, every Wednesday night when we get together. Any time that we get together, like on July 4th, if the Holy Spirit wants to move in our midst and, and we need prayer or we need or we get to stay in the Bible, that's great. That's a good thing, okay? But I just want us to be prepared for that. Allow the Holy Spirit to have time to move in your heart and your life. And when you come into church, anticipate what God's going to do. No matter who's here, no matter who's not, the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name that he's there. So just anticipate that. And if you need prayer, at any time during the week, call one of us. And if you need prayer when you come on a Sunday, you're going to have that opportunity. Okay, We're going to have opportunities to pray together and pray with each other and see what God's going to do. All right? Well, it's been an awesome morning. At least for me, it's been an awesome morning. I hope it's been an awesome morning for you. And I'm so glad that you're here. And I'm so glad that you came and was a part of it. But do remember July 4th. If you don't have anything going on, come over, you know, Four o'clock, five o'clock. If you come over earlier, we'll be there, so that's fine. But come over, and uh, I'm sure Christy's going to call you and see if you're coming and see to make sure we know what everybody's going to be bringing to eat, or you can talk to her today before you leave. And just, uh, if you say, man, I can only come for an hour because i, I got to be somewhere else. That's fine. Come on over for an hour and hang out, okay? Uh, but we get, we get to walk right down to the lake, and the fireworks go off right over the top of the lake. If Maumelle doesn't do anything right, it does do the fireworks right. I mean, they have a huge fireworks show here. So come on over, and let's just enjoy each other's time and company together, okay? Sure, I will. Mom will, yeah. I'll, fix you, I'll let you fix yourself coffee. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Connie, why don't you pray for us and dismiss us? Father, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love in our lives. And I just ask you to go with each one this week. And, Father, I just thank you that no matter what's going on outside these walls, you are with us. You are in us. And you've got this. You've got this thing, God. And I just thank you for your peace that leads us and guides us. And I thank you for your presence that goes with us. And, Father, I just ask you for your protection on each one here, all here this week. We praise you for your blessings. Amen. And everybody bring your change next week. We're going to do BGMC Sunday next week, so make sure and bring your change or your checkbooks, whichever one you need to do, okay? <laughs>